the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, don't forget ever, go over to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the Daily Wink there and also see these interviews and things. Uh, later on the program, we will have a new guest, Nick Nicholas, a very, very accomplished uh, author, uh, inspirational speaker, and... Um, and uh, sort of uh, uh, a coach, they call it, a, a management coach, a life coach, that kind of thing. You know, I, 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 for a certain age, people will know when I say this. I mean, what happens in the world of COVID, after COVID, used to be inspirational speakers. If you were a great speaker, there was a circuit. You know, you, if you were famous, there was a circuit. They pay you money to come talk. Like uh, Secretary of Treasury nominee Yellen made $7.5 million speaking to Wall Street banks. Well, that's not because she's a good speaker. That's because she's famous. That's actually because they're buying access. But, but there would be a certain set of people who are really accomplished speakers with insight into how to make people get excited and move forward. And somebody like Nick Nicholas who we talked to would be on that circuit. Well, that circuit doesn't exist the same way. It hasn't for a little while, but now because of the COVID and then virtual, I just wonder what the world is like. That was a, There was people that were really good at that and, and were um, paid well to do it. So we'll talk with him in a minute. And then also Lord Conrad Black, who is um, perspective as a historian as well as a participant in politics and uh, uh, world, you know, in the world's not just American life. He's well known in America, but Canada as well as in Great Britain. Uh, so we'll talk with him in a few moments. All right. Where are we? Where are we? If you watch my um, daily Wink po- uh, Periscopes, a live video over on uh, Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin, you get a good uh, taste of sort of what I think each day the Wink is. And uh, today I mentioned this, and I, this is my takeaway for you today, is watch right now how a peaceful protest which was expressing the concern of millions and millions, tens of millions of Americans about how the election appears fraudulent. And some people acted poorly at the end of that great protest. Uh, terribly, really. And some were, some were <clears throat> violent. Some were uh, destructive. Uh, but, you know, a few bad apples shouldn't spoil the bunch, right? I mean, again, uh, and, and here we are. Yet the, here's, the, here's the takeaway. Here's what you need to know. The left is rushing to produce a Rahm Emanuel moment. The Rahm Emanuel moment is a crisis which can be used to accomplish other goods or other goals in your mind. In this case, the tragic death of a, of a protester who improperly, you know, went into the building. I'm a, you know, all these kinds of things you can say and it shouldn't break windows. By the way, it's very clear that the people who were breaking windows were either Antifa or communists or really stupid Trump supporters. That's possible, by the way. I'm not saying it's I don't know. But there's a lot of coverage, a lot of indication it's some bad guys. But be that as it may. 
the crisis now is literally what Joe Biden is saying. He's saying the Capitol Police were racist because most of the people who were protesting were white. And he said if they were Black Lives Matter, they would have done something different. The president, the incoming president of the United States is calling the Capitol Police racist because they didn't do more violence. They didn't do I don't know what it is. And then he's giving talks and he's blaming the American people who protested and he's saying that they inspired this, they're white supremacists, and he's being aided by the media who is pushing this false narrative. Now, all of that would be mean and nasty and really rotten. People being dishonest about other people is rotten, right? It's not nice, it's mean, it's terrible. But it's, in this case, really, um, it's really uh, threatening it's really uh, destructive. It's not just mean. It's not just unpleasant. You have people whose lives are being destroyed because they express their, their constitutional right to protest and to attend. And, you're, and you're, the crisis is being used so much so that members of the left are talking about and people that may play roles in the Biden administration and certainly people affiliated with his campaign and otherwise are saying we now need domestic terrorism legislation to address what happened in the Capitol. Meanwhile, across the country in Portland last night, people gathered in front of a police department when they couldn't break into it to damage it and loot it. They just looted the stores all around there. Those people are called Antifa. I don't know if they're Black Lives Matter. I don't know who they were, but they weren't uh, Trump supporters. They weren't a Trump rally. And you hear no coverage. And on the uh, on the media side, all you hear is about the mob, the incitement of the mob and the incitement. If you listen to the program last night, Mickey Kaus, who's no conservative and no great fan of the president, said, I listened to the whole speech. He didn't incite anything. Meanwhile, Facebook is taking people off its site. Uh, Brandon Straka, a liberal Democrat a gay man who walked away from the Democrat Party because he said they ignored them, him and because and he supported the president. He's got his Facebook page eliminated. 500,000 people. A lot of times people pay, by the way, they pay money to generate the, the follows. So this is an investment. All gone. President Trump off of Facebook. President Trump off of Twitter. Maybe he's back on Twitter, but suspended for a while. Left on the right. They're taking out voices over and over again extraordinary moment in history unbelievable moment in history and and it's being justified this is what i want you to know this is what you need to know it's being justified because of the crisis crisis we're in a crisis we must address this crisis now i i don't i don't ever condone people being violent i think it's very dangerous however you know I was around that rally. I was at the president's speech. I was around the protest. I didn't see exactly into the Capitol, but most of what I saw was regular people celebrating and protesting and being concerned. And now they're being demonized, literally called demons by the left and by the media and by big tech. This is a very, very unpleasant thing. You know, Rush Limbaugh said earlier today, he said, everybody's so upset. They're saying that there was too much violence, too much violence. He said the founding fathers and a lot of those early people, they weren't afraid of a, of a little confrontation. And I'm not even going that far. All I want you to focus on, what you need to know right now, is what the media, the fake news and big tech are doing. They're taking over the oxygen of the American Republic. They're, they're sucking the oxygen out of the American Republic and it's going to get hard to breathe. 
It's going to get hard to breathe. It's going to get very tough to sustain ourselves if, as a conservative if you are not willing to roll over for them. That's where we are. It is um, extraordinary what uh, what is happening, and I encourage uh, everybody to pause. I, I mentioned in the uh, in my um, in my Periscope today too. Just one quick tip: the late Phyllis Lafley, who I loved and worked for so closely, she used to teach that you have to know how to read and write, read and write. If you can read and write. You can think clearly. So I encourage people, read the basics, the Bible, our uh, Constitution, other things, and learn to write. Read and write. Doesn't mean you don't have to be a kid. You don't have to be in high school to do this. Everybody. I mean, me too. Read and write. Think clearer. Articulate what you... Come to know what you believe and then be strong in it. All right, we better take a break. We're going to come back. We will talk with uh, Lord Conrad Black. But first, before him, Nick Nicholas, this uh, inspirational speaker and author. Be right back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro American Pro what Pro America Report, and uh, struggling today. But hey, you, it's sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. About a four or five days ago, I got an email from a friend of mine. He said, "Would you like to have Nick Nicholas on your program? He's well known, uh, motivational speaker. He's been a businessman, served in our military, and uh, in particular, he's written about that and how to connect with God, get back, and and but the, the way it was pitched to me." My friend said he's really good at talking about how in 2021 to make sure that you do not let fear dominate your life, that you go past fear and uh, make sure that your life is uh, full. And so I thought, oh, that sounds like a good topic. It's in 2021. We'll start there. Now, after all that's going on with the, in this week and a lot of listeners that cared a lot about the election in different ways, feels like a really good time to talk to Nick Nicholas. Good to talk with you, sir. Thanks for being on the program. Well, thank you for having me on the program. It's always great to be able to uh, to share information uh, and help people learn to manage fear so that they can enjoy their life. Well, I was looking at your uh, career and I was kind of looking at, you know, sort of ha- when we're having you on. And in one, one place it said that in one, I think, nine year period, you kind of had the bottom fall out of everything is the best way to say it. And I guess what I was going to say is pretty much everybody has a period of their life where they're just they look back and they say, man, that period, I just wasn't getting it together or I hit bottom or I lost a loved one or whatever it was. Here's what I want to ask you now is that feels like because of media, because <laughs> of um of of the technology we sort of know we we uh we suck that's not the right phrase i hate that phrase but we know we're weak and imperfect kind of like every day every hour and i i wonder if you know you're a little older than me if you have a perspective on how the modern moment it kind of instead of reinforcing like what your mother said hopefully which is you're good you know you can be anything you want it just reinforces that you don't have it all together it's a it's a it's a numbing thing in this current world how tough is that on people well it quite frankly it's very difficult on people because when we feel safe when we feel we're in control unfortunately there is so little that we have any control over and as a result of it we tend to become fearful we tend to become depressed angry frustrated all of those things and it is very difficult, uh, and you're right, I did. I had a very dark period. I had three very negative things happen. I explained them in my book, uh, Reclaiming My Life, My Journey Back to God. 
And what they did, they sent me off on a bad trail. And I spent a number of years, it's like the dark side. And so I had the opportunity to, to really experience what I think a lot of people are experiencing right now. We're talking with Nick Nicholas and his website, by the way, is nickcoaches.com, Nick, N-I-C-K, coaches.com. And he mentioned his book. I do want to uh, uh, come back around to that and uh, and talk about the book. The re- newer book is called Reclaiming My Life, excuse me, Reclaiming My Life, My Journey Back to God, published a, a couple years ago. Uh, but I wanted to shift you, you, and ask you this first. I read in your bio, and one, this is one of the guys that fascinated me about um, American originals. Uh, Zig Ziglar was this American original, kind of this amazing character who was um, who was he sort of made accessible to everyone the idea that you can improve yourself and be great at whatever way that was it just kind of he was it, it was that spirit of some Norman Vincent Peale and and Horatio Alger stories up by your bootstraps and all and the one thing I think Nick right now is a lot of people believe they believe or at least feel that it's not possible anymore, that the game is rigged. It doesn't matter if it's not true or true. In some ways, the American dream is still accessible, but it doesn't feel like that to a lot of people. And the, and you, so the Zig Ziglar's of the world and the, and the Norman Vincent Peale's of the world, the modern, it kind of doesn't, it doesn't ring true right now. And I, I wonder if you have seen that shift, again, as we've gotten into this modern information technology age. Oh, absolutely. Because, you see, people look to the outside I have to tell you, Zig, is, Zig was one of a kind, and I learned so much from that man. Uh, you know, I didn't work with him on a regular basis, obviously, but I did have the opportunity to be coached by him on uh, more than a dozen occasions. But one of the things that he wanted people to understand is that they are in control. They are in control. The, you know, we talk about the American dream, owning the home, doing this, doing that, doing the other. When in reality, in my opinion, the American dream is to have the freedom to learn how to have internal peace. Because when mm-hmm. you have internal peace, nothing that goes on around you is going to have a negative impact on you. And uh, We're talking about, yeah, keep going. Sorry, go ahead, keep going. No, I was just going to say that it all comes down to the way you make your decisions. Because you see, there's only two emotions, love and fear. Every decision, and this was determined way back uh, six centuries before Christ, uh, back in 6 BC, that all decisions are made emotionally. We do that emotionally. So we either make a decision out of a sense of love or uh, you know, a positive mindset or out of fear, a negative mindset. And that's what controls what we do with our life is which emotion we're living on. And um, what I have learned... Yeah, go right ahead. Go ahead keep... No, no. Well, I, I, I want to I uh, ask you, well, again, we're talking with uh, Nick Nicholas, and it's nickcoaches.com. You can find out more about his book, uh, Reclaiming, Reclaiming My Life, My Journey Back to God. Um, but you said earlier, and I think you're right, or the way you said is right, uh, people, when they don't have control, they fear. Um, but we're living in a world, Nick, where the powerful information providers, whether it's the, the news, you know, fake news, I call it, big tech, or even our schools, um, what they feed off of 
is getting people worried. It, it, the business model is not uh, to make people peaceful. It's make them agitated so they get more clicks. They get more engagement. They get more reaction. And that's exhausting, isn't it? It is. So, but, but here's the thing. We live in a world of fear. We are controlled by fear. When I talk about reclaiming my life, what I'm talking about is I can't control all those things that throw fear my way. But let me explain to you why we have fear, how fear works. Our number one instinct is survival, not just life or death, but survival in every area of our life, financial, relationships, professional, et cetera, et cetera. Anytime there's a threat to that, perceived or real, our immediate reaction is fear, immediately. Hmm. Now, that's not all bad. I mean, I'm not going to walk across the interstate uh, during rush hour traffic. I'm afraid to do that. It's probably getting killed. So it's good at that point. Unfortunately, 99% of those things that we fear, aren't going. They're, they're, they really aren't going to affect us anyway. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll kind of explain that. Because once we see that fear, once we see that threat, our fear level goes up. But fear comes at all levels from minor concern, and you mentioned it a while ago, just worry, all the way to what I call stage five panic. Here's what determines the level of fear. Your internal security. Security comes from belief. And there's three things that we can believe in that'll give us security. Number one, we can believe in ourselves. And if we feel confident in what we do, that's, that's fine, we can do it. But we've got areas we don't feel comfortable or confident. And we can depend on those close to us, but they don't always own up to us. They sometimes let us down. The third area, obviously, is our belief and our faith in God. But that has been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And in the book, I talk a little, I I talk about this. I talk about God from the perspective of positive energy. And that positive energy is within us through the emotion of love. Hmm. The negative energy is the fear energy, and it's a constant battle every day between the two. If I'm having a negative thought, I have a negative feeling, and I'm going to act out of fear, whether it's minor or major. But if I have a positive thought, Hmm. I have a positive feeling, and I'm acting out of the positive energy of love. Yeah, yeah here's the thing. it is. Uh, I, I, go ahead, keep going. Finish. Yeah, please finish. No, no. I was just going to say real quickly that once we learn to manage fear, and that's what I do in my faith-based yeah. coaching is teach people how to manage fear. You can't control it, but you can manage it. Right. The thing is, uh, Nick, Nick Nick Nicholas, and I'm going to have to go, com. find out more, and his book is called uh, Reclaiming My Life, My Journey Back to God. I think the um, the the habit of, of positivity is particularly hard in the era of uh, social media and instant, uh, instant information. You sort of get swamped underneath, and so it almost, I, I feel like uh, when I re- listen to you and I'm reading your blogs and looking at your stuff, I know what you're, I know you're right, 
we have to sort of find our way to what you're saying, you know, in this modern sort of speed, it's not even speed dial, right? It's speed tweet era. So thank you, uh, Nick Nicholas. I appreciate it very much. NickCoaches.com. Again, his book is called Reclaiming My Life, My Journey Back to God, uh, and available on Amazon and everywhere else. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it very much. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure being on the show with you. All right, we'll take a break and we come back. Uh, we got a lot more. And by the way, go over to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. All these interviews, our segments are posted over there. So you can go and uh, if you want to follow up and listen again to Nick Nicholas. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Old friend Lord Conrad Black, who has, of course, a published uh, historian, uh, has written popular books, has been a publisher himself and a businessman, uh, is back with us uh, with a perspective, I'd say, of the arc of history and politics on where we are. So welcome, Lord Black. How are you, sir? I'm fine, thanks, Ed. How are you today? I'm doing fine. So let me ask you, uh, you know, your re- reaction to this week. I mean, uh, but first of all, the, the 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 challenge to the elections pretty much over. The president has said move on. So that's one thing. We're facing a President Biden, which would be enough of a subject to wrap my small brain around. But also all this chaos and now the media shutting everybody down. I I don't know where to, where are we in this country. Uh, not in a very nice uh, spot, but I think not a durable one. I, I, I mean, the, uh, the the Trump hate phenomenon has been a terrible thing, and uh, but but it won't be relevant anymore. I mean, in that sense, his opponents have won, and he is leaving, at least for the time being. Uh, but I, I think when the dust settles, a few things will be seen more clearly. He did not incite that violence. The vandals who who surged into the Capitol building uh, were not Trump supporters. I mean, there were some Trump supporters, like the lady who was killed, who followed them. But the damage uh, and the threat to anyone's safety, that wasn't done by Trump people. And and fortunately, uh, those people, most of them, are going to be prosecuted. It's easy to identify them, and many of the prominent ones have already been publicly identified. Um, And the real problem is not that. And the real problem is not uh, embarrassing the Congress, which only 11% of Americans think is doing a good job. And for Kamala Harris to say that it was racism, that it was something anti-black about uh, about the invasion of the Capitol is nonsense. That had nothing to do with it. But uh, the the real issue is that 75 million people don't like a tainted election where where there is a really serious chance that uh, a false result resulted from it, and 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 when the Supreme Court declined even to hear the argument, they chickened out. I mean, the fact is, the legislatures are entrusted by the Constitution with the responsibility for organizing even federal elections within their states, and the state Supreme Courts, when consulted. Uh, often gave, as in Pennsylvania, partisan verdicts and not, uh, I mean, entirely vulnerable to appeal. But the only appeal is to the Supreme Court. And if they're not going to hear these cases, you get a terribly frustrated large number of voters who feel they were cheated and have no place to go. Now, the answer isn't to vandalize the U.S. Capitol, but that isn't what they did. They turned up in large numbers to the president, and uh, he just said them, to them to, to show strength and not weakness. He didn't ask for violence, but his, his enemies, including all those Republicans 
who indulged him because he was their president and, and made the most of riding his coattails when appropriate, but ditched him as soon as uh, he was not reelected, uh, have shown an example of cowardice and, and the lack of integrity that is absolutely disgraceful. It's just disgraceful. And some of these people have resigned. Betsy DeVos, I mean, he got Pence in to break a tied, you know, a tied vote to confirm her as Secretary right. of Education. Right. He backed right. her all right. the way again the teachers unions and she ducks out with nine days left in his term ten days left in his term saying she can't serve with him it just makes me sick uh, yeah it, it, we're talking it's with Lord past. Conrad Black it, yeah it, it is uh, it is amazing to watch although uh, I, I, I want to come back to the question of the media and big tech and how they've been able to frame uh, the debate but at first I want to ask you a question about sort of world uh, po- well politics uh, your observation across you know multiple nations that you know well whether it's uh, Canada America and and Great Britain um, there's now people that talk oh the Republican Party is dead you know Republican Party is dead uh, the Trump people will never vote for uh, a, a Republican again and they'll never or communicate and all that stuff. Now, we hear this all the time. It feels a little different now. It feels a little different than, say, the Tea Party because the Tea Party never had a leader. You know, uh, Santilli giving his speech and sparking the Tea Party was the end of a leader. Uh, but they have a leader now. Uh, is there? You, you, can, can you imagine a third party in America? They never succeed, even when Theodore Roosevelt tried it. The last time a third party worked was the Republicans led by Abraham Lincoln and, and, and others, most of whom came into his government with him. And um, there the issue was slavery, and there was an issue that, that would, that, that, that where you, 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 could, you could split you could split the parties that were unoffended by slavery and and on and the party that was and didn't want it expanded uh won and and won in a four party race and mr lincoln got 39% of the vote here so uh, the only time a third party a new party can win is really when you when you got four parties and we're not going to have that and so no i don't think so i i think on the contrary biden and his administration will be completely incompetent and once the uh, the uh, Trump-hating media don't have Trump to hate him, and they can go on hating him, but it's not relevant. He's a private citizen, you know, running his business, uh, and, and and the public they simply can't maintain any ratings if they if they still focus like lunatics with cuckoo birds flying out of their head every time the word Trump is uttered when he isn't the president anymore. And people are going to have to recognize the utter incompetence of the new administration. And it is almost certain the Republicans will win both houses next year in the midterm elections because that's what happens in midterm elections and they're you know they're even in the senate and only put five five members behind or seven members behind in the house and um and 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 all they need to to win in four years as president is somebody that Trump will urge his followers to support, but whom whom the media can't assassinate the way they assassinated Trump. And it must be said, by the way, that Trump made it easy for his assassin Sue at times. He, he said <laughs> yeah. some things that were just not intelligent, and he should have thought before yeah. he spoke on a number of occasions. But but the um, uh, but no, I would say the Republican future is a lot brighter than the Democrats. They've won the. They've won a tainted election with a tainted candidate.
candidate who, who by all of, I wish him well, whoever's president of the United States, I hope the person does well. But uh, uh, so I, I hope I'm, I'm hope I'm mistaken in what I'm about to say. But uh, I, I, you know, like everyone else who's followed public life, I've followed Biden for 50 years in the sense of observed him. He, he has never once said anything that I thought was original or intelligent. He's faced in all four directions on every issue. He's now clearly a man who is having not just the kind of slips and lapses that we all have from time to time, and I would never make fun of that, and I don't make fun of the ravages of age either, but he is clearly deteriorating in his uh, alertness, and and um, and there's no sign anywhere in his past that he is capable of leading. He's never le- he's never led anything and never run mm-hmm. anything. Uh, he's a guy in a talking shop from a little state, and uh, and as I say, he has no consistency in policy, and and he is committed officially to a socialist program. Now, I think he himself is reasonably moderate, but uh, but but his idea of policy is to raise a moist finger to the wind, and and I just I think I think it's going to be a, a difficult, embarrassing time. And meanwhile, the Chinese have absolutely, decisively defeated the West in in the in the year that just ended. They unleashed bi- bacteriological warfare on us. They chased out the only U.S. president since Reagan who hasn't rolled over like a poodle for Beijing, and they've shut down the economy of the Western world for eight months, and it's been a wonderful year for them. I mean, our enemies have not had such a great year since the year Hitler entered Paris. That was 80 years ago. And uh, uh, I don't, I don't yeah. want to We're talking the with Chinese to Hitler, <laughs> but, but, but these right. people are our rivals, uh, not mortal enemies, but certainly rivals who want to put us down and, and take over the leadership of the world, not occupy the whole world. Uh, and they're not as odious as Hitler. I don't mean to say that. But, uh, but, they're, but they, they're no friends of ours, and they've absolutely beaten the hell out of us in the last year. And, and we're not doing anything about it. Instead, we are all becoming more incoherent. The only thing that happened that was any good was Boris got Britain out of Europe. Apart from that, it's a <laughs> sham. All right. Well, Conrad, Lord Conrad Black is in quite a mood right now, and so let me see if I can keep it going. Uh, and uh, Lord Black, here's the one last question, but it will elicit a, a lengthy answer, I feel certain. The media now. You, you've you've actually your experience of this is as you've been a you've been the subject of media scrutiny. You've had been attention because you're fairly famous, and and you've been uh, reviewed your books, historical books. You've lived that. You write in the media. You've owned media. You've owned newspapers. Uh, when you observe the fake news, the impact of fake news and the tech uh, steering of information, and you know human minds, human people, human nature. I mean, are we, we're in a very odd moment where it almost feels like we've lost control of, of our nation. I'm American. I'm of the American nation. Because of the fake news and the tech. Where, what am I missing? No, you aren't. You aren't missing anything. I, what I think is that um, uh, the, the one good part of it is uh, I, all polls show that the overwhelming majority of Americans agree with you. Eighty-five uh, percent of Americans don't trust the media. Eighty-nine percent have a negative opinion of the Congress. So this uh, a terrible incident. I mean, it's just a, an appalling business when people vandalize the capital of the country. Uh, but um, uh, you know, the, the, the sight of these congressmen and senators hiding under their desks uh, didn't look altogether out of character to them. To me, uh, you know, when we had a sniper loose in the Parliament of Canada, the 
the part of the leader of the opposition and the prime minister weren't hiding. You know, they they, they didn't hide. They didn't look frightened. I mean, they looked concerned, but not more than that. And um, uh, you know, I I think that the 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 media has been completely dishonest with Trump. It was biased before that, but it became absolutely a totalitarian opposition to the president. Uh, he's gone now, and they will presumably be more reasonable. But we've seen what they can do. Uh, the performance of the big tech people is, I think, something that, even though the Democrats have benefited from it, uh, it's not often I agree with Senator Warren, for example, but Senator Sanders, but they want those people uh, reduced from the positions of power that they have that they have no right to. They are a menace to democracy. The thing that really worries me about the U.S., I, no matter how incompetent the President Biden is, and I hope he isn't, but I suspect he will be, you, you know, every country has good and bad leaders at different times and various levels in between, and life goes on. You know, a strong country can flourish under good leadership and get by adequately well under indifferent leadership. But what worries me is the status of democracy. You have a dishonest media. 85% of the people don't think the free media is worthy of being taken seriously or believed. And uh, you you have the Supreme Court's ducking the greatest issue that comes to them. Uh, if, 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 you know, if the 75 million people who think that their election was stolen, if they can't go to the courts, then what can they do? They can march, that's all. Uh, and, um, and, and have got out of control the other day. <laughs> You've got prosecutors who win 98% of their cases, 95% without a trial. And as I say, you have this totalitarian media. I mean, it is a democracy, and and 85% of people know the press is untrustworthy. 89% know that the Congress is, is uh, gets failing grades. So the people know it's not working, but we got to get people to make it work. And you start with, right. with you know, the so-called Section 230 and knock uh, uh, Zuckerberg and the rest of them down a peg or two. I mean, they're successful businessmen, and, uh, and they deserve admiration for that. But but they have no standing to dictate to the country uh, who can be heard and who cannot. It's an outrage. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, and yeah. I think there's bipartisan support for that view. And uh, one hopes, you know, uh, well, that's all I can do, that, that in the first place, the media will pull up their socks now that Trump's Gone, and they'll be a little more, you know, impartial, and and uh, at least the multiplicity of choice that we're getting through the internet and so on enables, uh, you know, the public to to get news that they are that that they are more confident of, and and, and you see that you see that in the, the terribly declined ratings of the major networks. When I was a young man, we'd all listen to my late friend David Brinkley and Walter Cronkite and people like this, and and they were generally fair newscasts. I mean, even in Vietnam, even in Watergate, they, they tended to be reasonable, give both sides, and let the viewer decide. That's not the case now, and, and the, the current replacements of those people don't have a quarter of the percentage of the population watching them that those men had. It's true. All right, Lord Conrad Black, thank you. I was talking off the air with uh, Lord Black. He's going to be had a few a few days off on vacation. He'll start uh, just a few days from now, publishing again over in different forums. I'll make sure to put it on social media. Thank you for your time, sir. Thank you, Ed. Always a pleasure. All right, and we'll talk again soon, Lord Conrad. 
Yes, Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time. Lord Conrad Black, everybody. Again, go over to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. You can see all these are all these interviews over there posted, and you can listen and re-listen. Well worth it, uh, ProAmericaReport.com. Okay, we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the ProAmerica Report. Talk to you in a few moments. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, a constitutional attorney and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. In 1968, when the elections were all over, Phyllis Schlafly called on conservatives to not become political dropouts. With that one phrase, she wisely put her finger on the real reason nothing ever seems to get done in government. We all understand the importance of electing good people to office. Millions of Americans contribute generously to good political campaigns, either by donating money or by giving of their time and other resources. Yet as soon as the winners are declared, most people give up politics until the next election cycle rolls around. Phyllis got it right. The work of grassroots volunteers does not end when the new Congress is seated. That's when the real work begins. We need to call out the bad guys when they work against the needs of their constituents. Someone has to stand against those elected officials who actively work to destroy the great American institutions we all hold dear. However, the bad guys are not the only ones who need our attention. Do not underestimate the depth of the swamp. Even the good guys can be corrupted if we do not keep them on track. With Washington being so far away from so much of the country, it's easy for elected officials to forget who they came to represent. Grassroots activists need to respectfully hold them to the promises they made out on the campaign trails. Don't let yourself become a political dropout. Phyllis didn't just issue this challenge to others. She lived it personally. It probably would not come as a shock to you that Phyllis Schlafly picketed outside the White House during the Carter administration. However, she also picketed the Reagan White House when he appointed Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. Regardless of party or stature, Phyllis Schlafly demanded the best of her elected officials. We should all follow her lead. We are blessed to live in a nation where our voices can be heard by politicians, whether it's an election year or not. America needs you to stand strong and stay vigilant. Be a Phyllis Schlafly. Don't be a political dropout. Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. You'll be glad to know the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly continues. Upheld by Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Chairman Helen Marie Taylor, Treasurer John Schlafly, a full staff in St. Louis in our nation's capital, and thousands of citizen volunteers, her Eagles, across the country. You can be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. And let me just finish up. I just got a quick, quick uh, hit. We spent a long time with Lord Conrad Black right there. Uh, let me um, let me uh, highlight. I mentioned at the beginning of the program, uh, one of the things that I encouraged you to do is learn to read and write. And one of one of the ways to do that, in a, I mean, you should read all the great books and you should all those things. I can make a list and all that. But there are writers out there that are spectacular to read. One of them is Julie Kelly. She's been on the show a number of times, but she's just a phenomenal 
phenomenal author, and she writes over on Twitter at Julie underscore Kelly two. She has a piece up today uh, that is called "The End," and it's just spectacular. It's about where we are and all. It's um, it's uh, it's fantastic, and so you need to go find that. And also another one that um, uh, another one that I wanted to highlight for you is the. Um, uh, the account, the the writer Lee Smith. Lee Smith is a writer who has uh, written a book, a couple of books, but he also publishes now over at the Epic Times. Uh, and he's writing. He's got a column today called "Elites War on the Part on Party of the Country" is now out in the open. He's just phenomenal. My point here in telling you that is, if you train yourself to read smart people, the reading of the smart people will get your get your framing. You will be um, you'll be able to uh, to understand things better when you read smart people. So Julie Kelly, Lee Smith, uh, take a take a read of those. It, I promise you it will not um, disappoint you. It will train your mind. It will make you uh, smarter. So go in there and check it out. And they're also both good on Twitter also. So there you have it. Okay. Uh, a few more things to wrap up. Um, oh, I wanted to give a little bit of a shout out uh, and encourage people. I spent some time with the Flynn's, uh, Joe Flynn, the brother of Mike Flynn, as well as General Flynn. And you got to, I got to tell you, look forward to the coming years with these two guys who are not leaving the public uh, discourse and the public, um, uh, the, um, the, the, the fight for the future. And you need to come and meet these people. These are the, I mean, you will, you need to look, keep an eye out for them. Not just General Flynn, but his brother Joe. Extraordinarily talented folks. Uh, be encouraged that uh, people like that believe in what this country's about and are willing to fight for it. And uh, extraordinary. Just wanted to encourage, uh, hear, hear me, wanted you to hear me say that, to be encouraged. Um, and uh, just spectacular. All right, let me finish up by saying thank you, as always, to our great Noah, the technical director who keeps everything on track. Thank you to Joanna for booking our guests. And thank you all for listening. By the way, if you have any recommendations of guests, sometimes people will t- text me or email. Send me your guest ideas. We love to hear people that uh, we don't need. Our guests don't have to be famous people. They have to be people who have something to contribute. And so uh, guests here on the show or ideas you have, uh, get in touch with us anytime, anyplace. All right, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back next week. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego.